High Expectations! Welcome to High Expectations. I'm still Jaslyn. I'm still Kathy. I am still Ellen. Welcome back, Kathy. Yay! In episode two, Cheating, we talked about how we really wanted to have you here to talk about romantic friendships. Cool. And the different friendship spectrum that there is. That's great. Because I know romantic friendships are very important to you. They definitely are, yeah. And so for people who have no idea what a romantic friendship is, can you give us a little blurb, a soundbite? The way I define romantic friendship, because I believe that there are probably several definitions for this, is that sort of friendship that has that intensity that rivals romance, and it has a romantic element to it. And these are friendships that don't necessarily have a sexual element to them. They're still very much relationships, because I believe all sorts of connections are relationships between people. They have a, a romance or intensity element to them. So they go into the romantic territory rather than being purely platonic? Yes. They do. Yeah, that may involve affection, be it physically, emotionally, worded, on a higher level than your normal platonic sort of affection. Right, yeah. Yeah, hope that sums it up for you. I think of it as a really special friendship. It's not just a friend, it's like Uh, a special friend, a close friend. Yeah, it involves devotion, you know? That sort of... Oh, that's good point. That's what comes to mind. We used to have this joke... You and me, which may be offensive to some of our listeners, and sorry if so, but we used to call each other our all, and the joke was that, you know, the whole, I'm in a relationship, you complete me, but when we were both single, I would call you my all, and I would call, yeah, vice versa, and all stands for abstinent lesbian lover, (laughs) (laughs) which is stupid, because, like, we're not lovers, we're not lesbians, and we're not abstinent, but... The joke was that we were pretty much, like, we saw each other so much that we felt like it was a relationship that was moving on to the sort of time and quality we gave to each other at that time, and we're still very close friends, was we were almost as if we were in a relationship, or it was a proxy for a relationship. Yeah, you were fulfilling those needs for each other. Yeah, in terms Mm -hmm. of time and energy. Yeah. Yeah, dating each other without dating each other. Yeah. (laughs) Until we found someone to actually date, and Mm -hmm. then... But what's cool about us is that we're still really good friends. I think I read an article once about romantic friendships and some of those friendships are very affected by people in the romantic friendships getting into romantic relationships and mm. they're suddenly not so close. Yeah. What do you guys think about well, that? Well, you've talked about you two before in regards to this in terms of the difference between a romantic friendship and a passionate friendship and... Didn't you say that you and Jaslyn are more like a passionate friendship? Because you didn't stop being that close when you got with me. And with a passionate friendship... Oh God, it's not affected by the yeah. one of the people in the friendship getting in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a romantic friendship, that person who doesn't get in a relationship feels like they've been severed from it. It's, there's a yeah. good movie about it mm-hmm. called Life Partners in which one of them is queer and the other one isn't, but Mm. they're super, super close friends. And then the one who's straight gets in a relationship and the whole movie is about the tension that they feel now that one of them is spending their time and energy on her relationship rather than her friendship. Mm -hmm. And their codependent friendship has been negatively affected by her getting in a relationship. Yeah, Yeah. so there's an element of jealousy there. Yes. Because suddenly you might get less of your romantic needs met. Yeah. Yeah, and in that film it was mostly about sitting around and watching reality TV shows together and making fun of them and things like that. And 
then suddenly her friend didn't have time for that anymore because she was doing relationshipy things, like making dinners together and going on dates. Yeah, that's a very common thing that happens with any friendship. There's a bit of a cliche that once your friend meets someone, you don't see them for a few months because they're spending all their time with their new girlfriend or their new boyfriend. Mm. Which is fine if you're the type of friends that even close friends sometimes only see each other every few months. But these types of friendships, they're not like that. It's noticeable when you get when one of them gets in a relationship. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a particular friendship that I had a couple of years ago that was definitely affected by my getting with Alan. She did not handle that well, and that was definitely a romantic friendship in terms of the amount of time that was expected that we both actually yeah we both put pressure on each other. The funny thing was she had been in a relationship for about six months, yet she still expected that I would give all of that time to her. But when I got into a relationship with Alan and I wasn't around as much anymore, the tables turned and I wasn't spending that time with her. And so she was quite hypocritical Mm -hmm. in that she expected me to fulfill that, but I I just couldn't anymore, you know? Like, I, yeah, I was distracted. I was was off pursuing, yeah, yeah, new connections, so... Do you think her or just people in general are sometimes aware that they're spending their, their time with others or, you know, quote, neglecting some of their closer friends when they're in a relationship? Or do they think that they're still seeing them as often, but that's not the perception that the friend has? I think you're right. I think the person who gets into a new relationship often doesn't realise that they're neglecting their friends or they are just so distracted and so full of all these heavy hormones that they feel like the situation is fine or... They can't really put themselves easily into their friend's shoes until the friend actually communicates that they haven't been spending quality time together for a while. I think it's important to communicate if you're feeling that way. And all friendships, all relationships take nurturing. That's the thing we need to remember. Not just romantic and sexual relationships, but all friendships need communication and they need... You need to be able to compromise with your friend's wants and needs because you are investing in each other in a way. I've spoken to a lot of people about this where the expectation is, okay, we're going to be friends and this is an indefinite friendship, you know, like a lot of the time. You don't really look at it as in, okay, so we only meet up for a coffee once and then, of course, that happens sometimes, but I go into things thinking, all right, like I'm investing in this friendship. I'd like to be friends with this person for a long time. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and often they endure past any sort of romantic or sexual relationships that you have as well, and that's why they're so important. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing to know. Don't forget your friends when you get in a romantic relationship, because even though you feel like your romantic relationship might be forever, it might not, and then you that's need right. your friends. That's why it's really important to maintain those relationships, even if you have to juggle everything. Something I really like the idea of as well, I like it when all connections are regarded as equally important. The world tends to prize romantic and sexual relationships above anything else, and that's what leads to that culture of neglect and seeing those partnerships as way more important than just friendships. But every single connection is important and I don't like looking at it in that sort of hierarchy and that's something Alan's taught me as well so thanks every time I've come to really realize how important that is and I think also the fact that they the world meaning they do put those relationships above anything else is quite damaging to people who don't want to be in romantic or sexual relationships with people the sorts of identities that people just don't really talk about like if you're aromantic or asexual or gray sexual or, or demisexual or anything like that then you wouldn't necessarily you know, you'd be looking for something different. I think we can use this to segue into the uh, concept of queer platonic 
relationships is that what it's called yeah we've talked about this in our show before i think so it is sort of on the level of romantic relationships that people who are romantic and sexual as opposed to aromantic or asexual would have but romance and sex aren't necessarily involved or maybe just romance is involved and those relationships don't really have a term for them so there's a joke in that community that you would call them your zucchini we have talked about this before but the idea being that it's so ridiculous there's no names for it so let's make a ridiculous name and you are my zucchini and queer platonic relationships are really interesting because depending on you know there's a lot of variation on how much romance or sexual feelings somebody could feel towards another person yeah so in those circumstances one person might feel more romantic than another person Mm -hmm. about that relationship which is another thing about these relationships as well i think sometimes the intensity one person feels is not reciprocated necessarily Mm. but they might both want that companionship whereas one of them feels quite romantic about it and the other one doesn't and that's something that really is distinctive about queer platonic relationships as opposed to romantic friendships in which the understanding is that both friends will feel the same level of romance romance or intensity for each other i see so queer platonic relationships allow for that acceptance a lot more you mean Yes, there's a lot more variety in those sorts of relationships because people in those relationships might not necessarily feel romantic feelings for anyone. Mm. Of course. Yeah. If you're, yeah, more on the aromantic scale, eh? It's just, we live in such a fascinating world in which there are so many different varieties of feelings you can feel towards other people yeah. and in relationships. You could feel just sexual towards other people. That's why the term bisexual exists because a lot of people can feel sexual feelings this is something that's talked about on the Savage Lovecast a lot, mm. for their gender and also others, but not necessarily romantic feelings. And that's that right. still counts as bisexual, and we should be able to talk about that openly. And I embrace anyone who feels sexual feelings for people, but not necessarily romantic. It's still valid. Definitely. So the same could be said for asexuality as opposed to aromantic. So you might be aromantic, but still have sexual feelings for people uh-huh. those people yeah. do exist mm. yeah actually talk, i was talking to someone recently because they were struggling with identifying as bisexual because they had romantic feelings for women but they didn't want to have sex with women and so i said well that's fine you can be bi-romantic yeah and they'd never heard that term before and i was like that's that's me that's makes so much more sense now yeah you know heterosexual slash bi-romantic that's really cool yeah awesome if you're in a queer platonic relationship, do either of you need to be identified as sort of queer or? I think so. Do you? If you're in a queer platonic relationship, yeah. Do you have to identify as? Does one of the one or both need to identify as queer, or is it just for anybody? I think queer platonic has been established for queer people. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know if you necessarily have to be queer. Maybe you could be straight. And you could want to be in a relationship with somebody. But I think the understanding is that it it exists in this grey area in which you don't necessarily fit the norm, as we'd say, of romance or sexual feelings. So I think, if we just break it down, I think our understanding of most relationships are you will be with one person. This is the... This is everyone... Hopefully everyone agrees with me on this. I'm sorry if not. But this is the status quo. You meet one person... You stay in a monogamous relationship with them and you feel sexual and romantic feelings for them. And every single person has the pressure and the expectation of that on themselves throughout their life. 
And of course, lots of us don't feel that way. And one person cannot provide you with all of those things. So even if you get that compatibility right (laughs) and you do feel those things towards someone, there may be so many other things that you don't feel get fulfilled from that person. That's why all these different connections are important too because you might share something with a like just say a platonic friend. You know, you might even something so small as you might like going mini golf together or something. It's not an innuendo. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and your partner doesn't want to fulfill that for you but it's important that you're able to pursue that with someone else you know it's awesome my thing is like if you want to go to the ballet <laughs> go for it Kathy. not yeah. interested no offense cool, maybe good. maybe if it's important to you but like as a general rule ballet isn't something i necessarily want to expend my time and money on so go to ballet with other people yeah the same could be said yeah. for everything so not just sex but yeah definitely sex sometimes people we've talked about before have kinks they want to fulfill yeah. and they can get that from other relationships yeah and maybe you just want to colour on the couch while you watch a rom com. Yeah. Yeah. But your partner doesn't want to do that. And so you're like, well, I have a close friend who will do that with me. And yeah, that's something that that's some great. partners can be open to. But yeah. it's also important to say if you're not comfortable with that and you're not open to that, that's okay too. Yeah. That's right. It's all about it's all about trying to be compatible. But I feel like people are Rubik's cubes because mm. Cool. Yeah, you're right. You could be sexual you could be you could be sexually attracted to somebody or romantically attracted to them but not want to be monogamous. Like you were saying before, Kathy. Mm-hmm. But they might want to be monogamous and they feel romantic sexual feelings towards you. And just that one thing could make you incompatible. It's it's very complicated. Relationships are so complicated. Sometimes you can make it work and sometimes you can't. Yeah, and there's some people who are monogamous seeing a polyamorous partner or a, in an open relationship with someone. Like, they want to be monogamous on their side, but the other person, that doesn't fit them. But they've worked out a way that they can make that work. Which yeah. is cool also. Basically what this comes down to is communication. <laughs> Figuring out what your needs are yeah. and, and trying to compromise on them. Mm. Sometimes things change too. And sometimes you don't know until months into a relationship where you're both at, really. Like in terms of, yeah, just mentioning that thing before about someone might feel more romantic feelings towards someone than the other person. And that's totally valid. It's just figuring that out can take some time. And figuring out whether that's right for you can take some time also. If you want it, if you need that person to meet you in the middle on that, or maybe you can find a way to accept the fact that, oh, okay, well, they can't offer me that, but you know, what we have is still valuable. Yeah, it's important yeah. mm, to look at these things. When you see your friend is getting into a new relationship with somebody, I get really excited because I'm like, oh, those new feelings, those new relationship energy feelings that come, and I get really into it because I like those feelings. But if it was actually me, that was, you know, feeling those feelings, I have to remind myself, like, actually, the new relationship energy is all well and good, but being in a long-term committed relationship with somebody is so much more valuable, and I think... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? I, like, I think a lot mean. of my relationships have failed because I've gotten really bored. And yeah. I think they weren't compatible, oh, they though, compatible but though. one of my... That's true. Yeah. But do you think I can be a me to them? What? No, what I'm just no, I'm just saying no 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 well yes, but you can, <laughs> Yeah, actually we got that. Sorry, honey. No, it's okay. I'm just gonna say you've got to remember that I'm not sure if anyone everyone experiences this, but the amount of anxiety that both uh, myself and Ellen feel at the start of new relationships is huge. <laughs> I was just about to say uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I was saying I like it yeah. post honeymoon. Because yeah. post honeymoon is like 
that's when I can really reveal myself. I yeah. can actually relax. You can trust someone, you know? And that's the same for friendships. Like, oh, I'm yeah. making this new friend at the moment. Yeah. And I keep saying, like, this is just another strategy in the friendship chess. Because we keep saying that we're friends to each other, but I don't know if we are. Yeah, how you prove it, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, when are they going to break my heart? Like, I'm very anxious mm. about it. And I'm like, mm. do... Because when I get a friendship, I really invest in it. And I'm like, are you worth investing in? Mm. And maybe it's one of those things. It's like, if they make you feel uncomfortable, if they feel like you can't relax, maybe they're not right. I don't know. But, like, every day I feel like I'm presented with a different scenario and wow. a different connection with this person. And I'm like, I don't... I don't know. It's I think we're both the sorts of people that are very neurotic. And we're both bad at making new friends. And so, yeah. But it's just interesting that, for me... Getting in a new relationship and getting into a new friendship is a very anxiety-inducing time. And yeah. I, like, post that yeah. because that's the time I can actually relax mm-hmm. and reveal myself. Yeah. It's so liberating when you, like, just put yourself out there to someone and be like, that's cool. I'm totally into that. It's so amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, where was this level of friendship in, like, previous friends? Sometimes you think, well, it turns out friends I thought were really, really good close friends weren't really that good to me. No. And then you kind of look back thinking, oh, at the time I thought they were my best friend, but they were kind of shitty to me and used me and whatever. And I've had that in my life where I meet like a new, like, quote, best friend, and I think, Mm. this is the best friend I've been been waiting for. This is the one I deserve. Mm. And then over time, things kind of degrade a bit, and you think, actually, they're not that great to me either, but this new person, that's the one I deserve. So you always have hope. That you'll find something that fulfills your expectations? Yeah, and also maybe you don't know your needs in a friendship until they come up. Yeah. Alan's now pointing at me, nodding. Because I was just thinking, you learn more about yourself and what you want out of other people, and you have to go through those friendships that aren't compatible, just like relationships sometimes, until you realise who your true friends are or what you're really looking for in people. And that's why when you make new friends or start new relationships, you think, whoa, this is so much better than anything I had before this. Does that make sense? Yeah, because post every connection or after every new connection you make, you gain more insight into yourself. So you are able to find those people who are more compatible each time. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. If I just summarise what you said in different words. No, no, that was good. (laughs) Okay. Then I guess eventually you you find your peak friends. Yeah. Like, this is the person that I never want to leave. Yeah. It's like a real solid kind of base. That's where I want to be with all my friends. Mm. So if I, and relationships as well. So if I invest in a friendship or in a relationship, you have to expect to be there for the long haul. And if you're not interested, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, Mm. I I like the idea that there are seasons of friendships. And maybe I'm being too all or nothing. I don't know. But most of the time I'm like, are you in it? Or are you not in it? Yeah. Well, if you're anything like us, we get really attached to friendships, like emotionally attached. And so I, I don't tend to look at them as seasonal either, <laughs> which is why I get heartbroken every time they fail or fade away, you know. It's good to let yourself off sometimes as well because it, it goes two ways where sometimes you just need to walk away from friends or take space from certain people if it's not working for you, you know, if it's bringing more negativity into your life than positivity. I think it's important to look at your limits and look at your needs and if, if it's a connection that's draining you for a long period of time then that's not healthy i feel as if friendships don't have an understanding that there may be an expiry date whereas yeah. romantic relationships so it's hard to just dis- have the distinction 
what I mean is, you know, those conventional boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 non-binary friend, friend. Yeah. Friend, friend, friend. Um, <laughs> and you're in a romantic relationship with them. There's an underlying anxiety that it may end mm-hmm. because a breakup could happen. Whereas friendships don't have that expectation. So when those breakups happen, it's so much more painful yeah. in a way. Really shocking, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, will, I always feel like friendship breakups are the things that have stuck with me forever. Like, okay. my breakups of relationships, I'm well past it. Mm. That was good for me. I wasn't compatible with them. I found something yeah. better for me. I think you always, most of the time you look back and you're like, that was a good thing for me. But friendship breakups are like, we could still be friends now. Yeah. Why did that happen? Yeah, you don't expect a close friend to turn on you. Mm. That can be quite shocking. You're like, wow, that's really intense. And Do you then... want to talk about that more? Or would you rather not? Uh. <laughs> how do you feel having a friend close friend be who not who you thought they were or it really does make you I guess look back at your friendship with them and the times when people would pull you aside and be like I don't think they're that good a friend to you you dismiss it by saying no 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 you just don't understand our friendship yeah what we have is totally fine and then eventually more and more people start doing it people that you've just met once they become friends with you, like, just on the down low, like, what's going on with this? This makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm, I know what's going on. And eventually you have to start listening to them and thinking, yeah, actually, that is a bit of a toxic friendship. Mm. And I'm not that happy. And so then you've got to make a decision what you're going to do about that. And sometimes if you acknowledge that there's that problem, that can be when the backlash starts because they've been revealed. It can be really hard. Mm. And it's hard to know when it's time to walk away or when it's time to work harder. I'm yeah. good at working hard during friendships and relationships, yeah. but I'm so bad at walking away. Yeah. I just yeah. think, yo, you can change something or you can make it a little bit better. We've had our squabbles here and there over the years, but <laughs> I think each time we come out of it, better friends for it. Yes, I agree. It's a, it's a way of knowing each other better and where, where boundaries are, where expectations are. Mm. Whereas some people will just use you without you really realising it. Cause I'm so is, scared of that, eh? <laughs> because, because your thing is, oh yeah, friends do things for each other. They look out for each other. And you, you can be blind to the fact that you're not really really being looked out for back. That's heartbreaking. Or you start, you, you start putting them into boxes where yeah. you think, okay, I have my romantic friendships. I have my intellectual friendships. Mm, I have my friends that I will go to when I need comfort. And then I have my friends that I go to when I want to have fun and be crazy. Mm-hmm. So you start thinking, okay, well, this friend that's just not giving much back to me is maybe one of my have fun, be crazy friends. So interesting. But those friends aren't necessarily the best friends that you're thinking that they are. Mm. And you start looking at your friends that do give you that emotional support that you really require. And you think, that's the real friend. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. I want to explore that more if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. What did you mean by intellectual friends? Does that mean the ones you can have a deep and meaningful with? Deep and meaningful then, or someone to this more of a text-based relationship with. Okay. Where for a while, we might not be hanging out in person and three, four times a week. Like, I have friends now that I see multiple times a week. And whereas with you, we would still talk constantly every day. If we were described as like a romantic friendship, we're like, well, it's not really like a romantic friendship. It's definitely a passionate intellectual friendship where we want to hear each other's thoughts. I feel weird if I haven't heard from you in a day. Yeah. But recently I've gotten so busy 
that I'll check your message and intend to reply. And then I'll think at the end of the day, why didn't I hear from Jasmine? And then I'll quickly <laughs> reply to you because I'll be like, of course she's already talked to me. Oh, and, but I feel funny if we haven't talked in yeah, a day. I so notice it. That's what I mean is that if we don't have that, feels weird. And it's almost like, hey, I've got this lover and hear from today. What's going on? Mm, that's weird. Yeah, you two, have, <laughs> you, know? you two have a strong mental connection. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing to think about too, that connections can happen in so many different ways. You know, you think of the obvious ones like romantic or sexual or platonic, but you also have mental and you have spiritual as well, which is a cool thing to think about. Like, who are those people that you connect with spiritually? Kindred spirits. Yeah. I've got a best friend that is I have a very strong spiritual connection with, and that's just happened, you know. The things we share, the things we talk about, the way we look at the world that aligns well and that's special as well so or you might have like a political friend who you sh- right. who you talk about that sort of thing with yeah there's yeah. all different types of big spectrum i guess mm. the, the good example would be that me and alan will hug each other hello and goodbye or a, a firm handshake at times <laughs> and that's the level of, of physical affection that mm. alan is mostly comfortable with mm-hmm. she's not a big hugger but no. that's fine Kathy gets annoyed because I'm not I'm not especially affectionate. I don't. It's, it's hard for me. I have to remember to be affectionate. Yeah. I don't get annoyed. I think I've just. Is that correct? Right now we're hugging because yeah. Kathy needed affection. Yeah. And this <laughs> is my point. This is my point. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. At the moment, it's all right. to set the scene for you, uh, our dear <laughs> listeners, Kathy Allen is cuddled up against Alan. <laughs> right now, this would never happen with my friendship with Alan. Yeah. It's not the kind of friends that we are. Yeah. But I have friends that it would happen with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think of Alan as more of the intellectual relationship mm. rather than like a physical, romantic friendship kind of thing. It's cool. Passion friendship. Your needs are different with each yeah. other. Mm. But we still wouldn't be without each other because that'd be just weird and yep. yeah. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite cool to think about, really. Oh, you can. It's so interesting. You can have so many different types. Like when you're putting yeah. it into categories, you're right. You can have so many different types of friendships and yeah. boundaries and things you're comfortable with. And it's not personal. The PDA thing. Like, no. I, I honestly, when I, oh, I did this training thing recently and it was like, how, show how comfortable you would be space-wise with somebody, a stranger or like a, somebody you talk to, an acquaintance, a co-worker. Yeah. And mm. my space from other people was much bigger than anyone else's in the room. And the people pointed and laughed at me. It was so yeah. much bigger. But that's because I love my personal space. Yeah. Even sometimes with you. Yeah, no, yeah, we're just different in that respect, yeah. and that's yeah. something that you know I've really come to accept and love about you is that's the way you are. And also, it's something that's never come up with us. Mm. I've never looked at you on the couch, but like, I want to colour up against that. Interesting. It's just it's never been a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not who we yeah. are. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Some it's people, natural. some people are less affectionate in public, but in private, they're completely different. Yeah. And I it's would, like yeah. those people that open themselves up around a very few and far between. But when they do, you know, you know a completely different side of them. <laughs> so other types of friendship I recently defined a friendship as being a sororal friendship yeah cool that was the last thing I wanted to talk about because I was saying before we started this the term bromance isn't really something that has a female mm. equivalent so I feel yeah. like you've coined one Jaslyn yeah so a sororal friendship is where you similar to a passionate or a romantic friendship where you're a friend with someone but you feel like you're more than friends but you, you, there's no romantic or sexual connection but you just are so very, very close and you can't work out what that means. And so we were talking and she was said to me, I think we're more like sisters. And I was like, yeah, so it's like a fraternal friendship. Then I was like, what's the opposite of fraternal? What's the sisterly one? And it's a rarer word, but it's a rural friendship. 
and it was really lovely and that's really like put our friendship into a nice little place that we weren't sure what it was that's cool but your point about the bromance do you think more common for one or both partners in in a romantic friendship to be female identified do two men typically have what they would say is a romantic friendship or is it more I, the casual bromance. I know thing. I know what you mean. I think that's why there isn't the term... Maybe it's because there's not as much recognition of female friendships and there should be more. Mm. Or maybe it's because it's an understanding that women are very in touch with their emotions yeah. and that it can cross over to an affectionate romantic relationship. And that's why it's also difficult for people to identify queer women because yeah. they could just be close friends. Yeah. And that's something queer women get a lot. Oh, you're gal pal. That's, yeah. that's a running joke exactly. in the queer community because women are thought of as being just friends but you're right I think that's why bromance exists because it's also interesting because they're brothers so it's a brother romance yeah and they because they can't be lovers no it's something that if two men who's two straight men who are friends get accused of being lovers suddenly becomes a little bit awkward a little bit weird which is homophobic yeah, but men yeah. don't have the same fluid sexuality yeah. as women, I yeah. feel. Or that kind of sense of like an affectionate bond. I would be very surprised to see two straight men sitting like you're on the couch right now. It's interesting that you say that because I have friends who yeah. one of them will sit on each other's lap mm. and that would not be a weird thing for them. And they're both male. And they're both male, yeah, yeah. and they're both straight. And that's not done as a joke. That's just done as this is how we. It's a little. It's meant to be a little bit funny, but at the right. same time, it's not like funny and like, oh, that's so stupid. Okay. Oh, you guys are gay. But it's, it's just. It's just a silly fun thing they do. It's not yeah. just affection though, in terms of physical affection. It's also the way that they feel about each other because I know the people you're talking about and the expectations they have on each other and the way they feel about quality time spent together yes. and the way that their respective partnerships like recent relationships they've gotten into have affected their friendship um, has actually caused quite strong ripples which makes me yeah think like god they've got quite a strong bond so I would want to call that a romantic friendship that would definitely be I think yeah, romantic I yeah yeah mm. it's quite cool it's really refreshing to see that <laughs> I'm just wondering if you have any other questions about romantic friendships that you want to explore before we wrap up. How would you think to yourself, this person is my romantic friend? Oh, is there okay. certain things that may happen or a level of physical affection or... A For me, it's a feeling. Language affection. Uh, it's... Yeah. It's like an intensity, almost an obsession. If I feel like I'm getting a little bit too obsessed with a friend, I'm like, oh, I've got one of those romantic friendships again. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I'm thinking of a particular person and um, we've always had that romantic element to it because we're both quite romantic people but also the, the way we've interacted and the way we've felt about each other has always been romantic. But it doesn't always start that way, that's the thing. It might develop that over time. How do you know if you're in one? Yeah, it's that certain intensity and I I hate the thing of saying, you know, you just know. <laughs> but it's a feeling that's easy to identify basically. It's, it's that, yeah, that deep care for one another, that devotion for one another where you would go out of your way to try and provide for them what they need or you would feel very deeply for them in that romantic sense I guess I think if you feel confused and you're like are we romance are we in a romance Uh, could this turn into a relationship are we just friends you're in a romantic friendship well you might be moving into a romance but and also maybe a friendship where you feel you actually feel the absence yes you have friends that you don't see very often but when you meet up it's just like all times but if it's been a week since you've seen them and you just really feel that loss. Yep. You feel that pull. Longing. There's a longing for them. Yeah. Like, I need to see them this week. I need to get that text from them today. And if I don't, I 
feel emotionally down. Yeah. They give me that kind of boost. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah, like right. you're going through your day and you're like, oh, thinking of like, what would they think if I told them this? Or like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what I like with you, Helen, is that I see some random thing and I think, I need Ellen to know this. She might not know what to say back to her, but I'm like, tell her this. <laughs> that's really <laughs> and she's nice. Like, I don't say this, but great. <laughs> 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 and something you like six texts deep with someone before they replied because you're just like, this thing happened and this thing happened. And oh really my nice god, she'd be like, oh, Jasmine and I always get into these things where she'll be like, I have to tell you what happened last night, but it's going to take a long time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm all ears. Yeah. And then you'll be like, part one of six. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, from personal experiences that sometimes things can fluctuate and with these friends yeah like Alan says if you feel like it's a bit confusing if it's that you're like oh is it romantic or not that's totally okay and it's okay to take time to navigate that with that person or just in your own mind because Mm. it can be hard to identify like where that stops or like where that romantic energy leads you with that person you know what is actually right with them and a connection with them I feel Mm. that you can feel really obsessed with somebody and be like, am I crushing on them? But not actually have it be a romantic crush. It's like yeah. a friend. It's like a really intense yeah. friend crush. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. And some, don't be afraid to have an open mind and explore those connections. To yeah. figure out where it sits right. Insane. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment on a post. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have a great week. If I contribute too much, tell me to shut up. It's like, Actually, it would be kind of nice if I'd shut the fuck up.